0: Welcome back to Dub After this is Chris once again. Hey folks, welcome back to Indaba Africa. Chris White, Africa here on the Indaba Africa channel. It's June the 14th. It's a Monday. Wow. Where is the time going? I keep asking that question. Wherever you may find yourselves around the world, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today on this Monday, the 14th of June, as we get set to talk about the news. Whether you're coming in from Nova Scotia, from Nunavut, or you're coming in from the Emerald Isle, or perhaps up there in Belfast. Uh, Maybe down in Dublin by the River Liffey where the U.S. EA Eagles will be playing uh, the Ireland Rugby Football Union on the 10th of July. Maybe you're there. Wherever you find yourself, perhaps somewhere way in the north of the Shetlands or the Orkney Islands, a little further down, maybe the Isle of Skye or further down in Carlisle and Scotland or England, wherever you find yourselves. Welcome if you come from England, Europe or way out in the west where we used to get Authentic Max coming in from Nepal. Haven't seen him in a while. Folks in from South Korea or Japan and Andre Jakob's coming in from China now and then as well as many folks still coming in from New Zealand joining us and occasional number or two coming from Australia and all of the those of you out there in the USA, North America, and in South Africa who joined the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is time now, ladies and gentlemen, for the Indaba Africa News of the Day today, the 14th of June 2021. So good day to everybody. Former Durban mayor and ANC provincial MP Zandile Gumede is now the number one accused in the docket in the 320 million rand Durban solid waste corruption scandal. She's moved up to the top of the docket now. Takazo. Will give South African Airways wings. Not so fast. And President Joe Biden meets with Cyril Ramaphosa on the side of the G7 meeting. NASPERS is pro South Africa when it comes to investment potential. And my question is are the executives at NASPERS drinking something illicit? Disgruntled former Democratic Alliance ward counselors are suing former Democratic Alliance leader Musi Maimani over his comments in their ouster that took place a couple of years ago. And Pretoria has expelled Malawian diplomats for their involvement in a booze scandal, illicit selling of alcohol, taking advantage of their diplomatic status. So get to the back of the queue, you've been booted. African Lion, which runs from the 7th to the 18th of June for a few more days, is the largest ever U.S. military exercise on the continent of Africa, taking place in North Africa and Morocco. Over 7,000 troops from each of the from the total countries involved in this are participating in the largest African Lion exercise ever. Nigeria's IBOM Air takes delivery of the Bombardier-developed A220 from Airbus. This is an amazing regional aircraft. It's a brilliant uh, development by Bombardier. It's a shame that they weren't able to bring it to market on their own and had to pretty much give it away to Airbus, which is developing now, and it's a brilliant aircraft. The spat between Yuvari Museveni and Paul Kagame continues on without abatement as Uganda announces plans to build a highway to Burundi through Tanzania, avoiding Rwanda. And the confused leftist elites around the world demand vaccine freebies. And in a follow-up to that article or to that story, an article by Priyanka Naidu in South Africa talking about vaccine apartheid once again. These media elites carrying the water for the inept African National Congress is frankly getting on my nerves. I've had enough of this nonsense. We're going to set the record straight yet again about this fraudulent, fictitious vaccine apartheid narrative. Bibi Netanyahu torches Joe Biden on his way out of office, stepping down after having been prime minister since 2009. Netanyahu was unable to form a coalition and remain in power, and thereby he'll be replaced with a new prime minister. So Bibi Netanyahu strikes out against the Biden administration, torches them. We'll have more information on that shortly. A number of Baltimore restaurants in the city in Maryland have sent a letter to the corrupt administration of Baltimore, telling them that they will not be paying taxes because the city is undermining the safety of the public and they're not gonna pay taxes. And France suspends its military assistance to the Central African Republic in light of events there. Those are the headlines, ladies and gentlemen, for today, the 14th of June, 2021. Let's get to in-depth news analysis on those topics right now. First off, right out of the gate, remember I've talked about this extensively on the old channel, and uh, not so much on the channel because it was newsworthy then. But former Durban mayor Zandile Goumeda, a typical ANC privileged elite who never works a day in her life, was appointed to the provincial legislature in the face of corruption charges against her. One of the reasons why the ANC Integrity Committee is now looking at telling people when they have charge against them, they must step aside. And that's what they went after Ace Magashule over. But it had a lot to do with Zandile Gumede and the anger over her appointment to the provincial legislature. Now she was pro- appointed and the ANC backed down. They suspended her with pay. She had no business in the legislature being appointed there. She wasn't elected to that position. This is just more corruption than the ANC. But what's going on now with Zandile Gumede? Well, she is accused number one, numero uno, the head honcho in the 320 million rand Durban Solid waste corruption case. Let's talk about that, folks. The report in the Daily Maverick in South Africa, and that is not the news. <laughs> Reported in the Daily Maverick in South Africa. Here we go. Accused number one, Zandili Gumede and co-accused bumped to the top of a long corruption case indictment. Former... Durban Mayor Zandile Goumeda has shifted to first place on the state's amended indictment in the 320 million Durban solid waste corruption case, which has resulted in a host of ANC counselors, officials, including the municipal manager and business owners being criminally charged since 2019. Previously accused number 16, the 58-year-old Goumeda now takes poll position as the accused number one. The ANC heavyweight and her 21 co-accused, five of which are companies were appearing for what should have been pre-trial conference, but that was delayed. Yeah. Gumeda strode briskly from the van transporting to the court precinct, pushed her way through a gaggle of excited journalists, and made her way to courtroom B, where she sullenly settled on a wooden bench just being called in. Well, the consortium, that is the white knight, the savior for defunct, moribund, non flying, no pilots, South African Airways, Takatso. Turns out is a majority black owned enterprise, and it's going to save the day. Hmm. Or so says Business Times in their Sunday Times edition from yesterday. Takatsu to give SAA wings. Strategic Partner says new conditions suit failed national carrier. Takatsu, the black owned private sector consortium selected as the government's preferred strategic equity partner, has big plans for the airline, including a possible listing of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange as it looks to change the fortunes of the airline, which recently emerged from a 16 month business rescue process after decade of losses. If you consider the plans we have for SA in the next three to five years, and you consider the growth as possible, we believe that will be a listable entity, said Shepo Mahalole in an interview. It's an iconic brand that we should be able to use to promote more inclusivity. Ah, inclusivity. I see. So you're saving South African Airways not to turn a profit, not to ferry passengers from location to location, but for Inclusivity. Inclusivity, which means exclusion. Inclusivity means the racial segregation of minorities in South Africa from participation. Wow. So Takatsu, the white knight, is a race merchant too. Inclusivity. This vile, demonic, shameful, morally bankrupt racism must stop. But now it carries on. So the government has found an even more effective way for it to implement its racist policies in South Africa. I suspect a few South Africans want to fly on an airline. It's mission number one is inclusivity, not profit, not safety. Inclusivity. Put that on your flight and that'll get you to wherever you're going. Not. It will be part of the whole confidence building exercise of getting the general populace to participate in the ownership of this iconic brand. How exactly does the whole populace participate in ownership of the brand when you've ignored my advice? to give an equity stake to a national sovereign wealth fund for the benefit of all South Africans. No, the government has retained 49% so they can put their patronage stooges on the board and in the ranks of this airline, this is a disaster that's going to suck more money away from everybody. Despite the claims by Provin Gordon that we are done, we owe nothing to this airline, they will function without any government assistance. What a crock. What a load of feces and manure. I realize that's redundant. Feces is manure, but you get the point. Takatso will not give South African, wing, South African Airlines wings, especially if mission job number one is inclusivity. What a load of manure. President Joe Biden met on the outskirts of the G7 conference, the Global Collusion Conference, with President Cyril Ramaphosa from South Africa. And what exactly did they talk about? Let's take a quick gander at this from the White House press release. I'm sure it was something very important. President Biden met yesterday with President Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa on the margins of the G7 summit. They discussed US-South Africa bilateral relationship and underscored the need to expand global vaccine supply and to cooperate on global on climate goals in Africa and other bilateral and regional issues. So, Joe Biden did not talk about South Africa's racist political policies that discriminate against its minorities. Joe Biden did not talk about South Africa's National Coronavirus Command Council and an unconstitutional acts of the South African government crushing the economy. Joe Biden didn't talk about investment opportunities. No, he talked about vaccine handouts and his religious faith of climate change. <whistles> talk about two leaders ill-prepared for the offices they hold. Joe Biden, Sir Ron Poza, Posa, both posers, both pretending to be something they're not leaders. Well, NASPERS, the South African-owned news organization, is bully on South Africa. Of course they are. Of course they are. Because they're busy carrying the water, licking the boots of the African National Congress. And so they're going to tell anybody that will listen to their foolish nonsense. We are bullish on South Africa's investment potential. Of course you are. Because you're lapdogs. Anybody with any common sense would not put a 10-foot pole near South Africa. Why? Because expropriation without compensation, the ability of the government to steal your property legally in the public interest with no compensation. If anyone thinks they can invest in South Africa and build a factory and not have the ANC threaten to take it away unless you pay them more or pay them bribes or just take it away with no cause whatsoever, then you need to buy some beachfront property in the Karoo. If you're unfamiliar with the crew, there's no beachfront property. Wow. NASPERS. Talk about carrying the water for the ANC. With a footprint across 80 countries around the world, NASPERS is one of Africa's largest companies. CNN's Cyril Vanier spoke with CEO of NASPERS South Africa, Puti Manyanale Dabangawa, about the company's integration of tech and South Africa's investment potential. South Africa's investment potential is virtually zero, unless you like lots of risk and you like the possibility that some corrupt politician will steal your company from you. Then there's a big potential. Hey, I'm all in. Not. Former DA ward counselors who stepped aside in a corruption scandal are suing former Democratic Alliance opposition leader Musi Maimani for 1 million rand each. Ooh, That's not much money, by the way, folks. 1 million rand. Four Former DA counselors have lodged court papers to sue former party leader Musi Maimani. They resigned at the height of the acrimonious battle between the DA and former Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille, the endlessly disenchanted, roving politician who, whenever she doesn't get her way, founds her own party. Maimani mentioned the adverse findings the Bowman's report made against some councillors. Suzette Little, Sean August, Greg Bernardo, and Tulani Stemele resigned from the City of Cape Town Council on the DA in October of 2018. They got the legal ball rolling last week when they lodged papers in the Western Cape High Court. Court action comes after Maimani, the then-National DA leader, wrote in his newsletter that the counselors, there were five of them at the time, were all implicated in tender irregularities according to the Bowman's report into suspected corruption in the council. Maimani was given a letter to de- of demand in November 2018 to apologize for making false and defamatory statements, but he ignored it. In a court paper's file last week, Little stated Maimani's statements have been concerning. The statements are wrongful and defamatory to the plaintiff and were widely published to a large national and international national audience. In Maimani's newsletter newsletter to his party members, Bocomoso, he said the Cape Town Council cannot suffice accountability on the altar of false racial victim. For five DA counselors, the DA wasn't a racist party last month, but now that a forensic investigation by a credible legal firm has allegedly implicated them in tender irregularities, the DA is suddenly racist. So the point here is that five DA ward counselors claim that the party was racist because they had been implicated in a corruption scandal. To Musi Maimani, I say to you, Kettle, hello, this is pot, you're black. What am I talking about? Talk about hypocrite. Musi Maimani left the Democratic Alliance whining about racism within the party. The man who headed the party, he ran the party. And he made fraudulent accusations about the reputation of the Democratic Alliance. Musi Maimani is being sued over his own words by five former word counselors. Now, whether they have a case or the legitimate or not, who knows? But what I have to point out here is the irony the irony of the hypocrisy of Musi Maimani, the fraud that he is, or just the clueless clown that he is. I'm not sure which it is. But once again, he's been exposed. Hmm. Yep for his hypocrisy funny how no south africans make that distinction and point out that hey how can you accuse them in 2018 of crying racism because you've uncovered irregularities when you left the party crying racism when you ran the party and you made the decisions seems a bit out of touch south africa's durko has expelled malawian diplomats over their involvement in a booze scandal selling untaxed alcohol yeah happens a lot folks South Africa said diplomats ordered to leave after they were found guilty of engaging in illicit trade and duty-free alcohol. Bear in mind that diplomats cannot be taxed by jurisdiction, hence alcohol is free. Malawi, or not free, but tax-free. Malawi has said several of its diplomats have been expelled from South Africa after they were found guilty of peddling duty-free alcohol. The foreign ministry in Lilongwe said on Friday that South Africa had given the diplomats and their family 72 hours to get out. Foot sec, get out. South Africa's Ministry of International Relations, Durko, said in a statement, the decision was taken because the diplomats were found guilty of engaging in illicit trade and duty-free alcohol following an intensive investigation into their flouting their diplomatic privileges. Ladies and gentlemen, South African Police Service does not have the resources to investigate the murder of your sister, your aunt, your mother, your cousin, your grandmother, your brother, your nephew, your niece. Don't have the resource for that. We have no forensic capabilities in South Africa to process evidence or test for DNA. Two-year backlog. I'm sorry, you won't find out who's responsible for the brutal slaying of your family member. But we have time to hunt down the diplomats who are illegally selling booze, because that's a priority. Now, don't take from that that I encourage people to break the law. Diplomats have rules to follow, and these folks got what they deserved. Actually, they deserve imprisonment for their crimes, but they can't be in prison because Malawi would have to surrender jurisdiction to South Africa. They're being deported, and that's good. But how much time and energy was put into that, just like the time and energy put into criminalizing 230,000 law-abiding South African citizens during the first weeks of the pandemic last year to criminalize their lawful behavior unconstitutionally, charge them with crimes, take them to police stations, exposing them to the virus, taking their fingerprints, making them have a criminal record. All that energy wasted when women and girls are raped, gang-raped, murdered, abused, hung from trees, Slaughtered, their throats cut, 60 South Africans murdered every day, carjackings out the wazoo. No energy for that. But we have time to hunt down the diplomats illicitly selling alcohol because we know what a threat that is to South Africa's sovereignty. The United States Africa Command is in the process right now, engaged in African Lion. An annual exercise takes place in Africa. This year it's in Morocco, and there are 7,000 troops and participating countries involved. It's the most ever. I have also been a participant in African Lion, was there just a couple years ago as a presenter at the Senior Leaders event. Morocco and US, African Lion, it's not a Morocco and US. The Africa Port once again gets things wrong. This is a multilateral exercise, but the host is Morocco in conjunction with U.S.-Africa Command. The largest U.S. military exercise ever conducted on the continent. This is intended to get people up in arms as if something nefarious is going on. This is an exercise that's been going on for well over 20 years. Morocco and the U.S. launched a series of joint military exercises near the Sahara on June 7th. No, it's a single exercise. Touted as the largest U.S. military exercise conducted in Africa, they're due to wrap up on June 18th. Largest military exercise ever conducted on the continent is how U.S. Major General Andrew Rowling described the 2021 edition of African Line. Entering the military base when... One has to walk along yellow tinted barracks and airstrip and through a quarter bedecked with flags of the ten partner countries, which frame the entrance to the U shaped green tents. Two generals, one Moroccan and one American, discussed the challenges of this 17th edition in front of the portrait of King Mohammed the Seas. Uh, this exercise has undoubtedly reached a degree of maturity that attests to the strength of cooperative relations between our respective armies, said General. Uh, Belkia El Farouk, commander of the southern zone of Morocco. Well, it speaks volumes to the cooperative nature of countries in the Sahel from Europe and the United States in cooperating against threats in the Sahel and the Sahara. The United States Embassy in Rabat issued a statement about this as well. With more than 7,000 participants from nine nations and NATO African Lion is U.S.-Africa Command's largest exercise, the 10th is the U.S. The training is focused on enhancing readiness for U.S. and partner nation forces. African Lion 21 is U.S.-Africa Command's premier joint and multinational annual exercise. African Lion is an excellent example of the United States' long-term commitment to Africa and recognition of Africa's strategic importance to the United States. So says U.S.-Africa Command Commander U.S. General Stephen Townsend. Multi domain, multi component, multinational exercise, which employs a full array of mission capabilities with the goal to strengthen interoperability among partner nations and to enhance the ability to operate in the African theater of operations. All about readiness. Indeed, it is. Shifting gears to Nigeria's airline, Ibom. Ibom Air takes delivery of two Airbus. A220s. Awesome aircraft, these regional carriers. Taking delivery of two Airbus A220, the narrow bodies are on lease from Egypt Air and join the Nigerian Airlines' five CRJ 900 aircraft already in the fleet, looking to grow with its state economy. The two aircraft were formerly operated by Air Sinai on the outskirts of the outfit's covert Tel Aviv routes. These delivery, this delivery marks two years of service for Ibu, Ibum Air, the Aqua Ibum State Government commenced operations with the carrier on June 7th, 2019, following a flight from Victor Ata International Airport in Uyo to Muratala Mohamed International Airport in Lagos. Uniquely, this operator was the first state airline to be founded in Nigeria. Indeed, a parastatal, which takes it right off my list of planes I'm going to fly on. A220 is an amazing aircraft, but uh, not interested in that. Well, the spat between Yovari Museveni and his erstwhile, decades-old friend Paul Kagame in Rwanda continues. It's unabated, and it's not stopping. Uganda announces plans to build a road to Burundi around Rwanda. (laughs) Ah, uh, two, two petulant children at it again. Here we are, former kissing cousins, good buddies there who fought for Uganda's independence. And then Yoweri Museveni gave Paul Kagame and his rebel forces sucker and protection inside Uganda as they built up their strength to invade and wipe out the Genesidiers, take over the country. Uganda constructed a road to Burundi through Tanzania to avoid Rwanda. Rwanda's Paul Kagame and Uv- Uganda's Yoweri Museveni were allies in the 1980s when they fought alongside each other to overthrow dictatorial regimes. However, their friendship turned sour along the way, and their frosty relations have impacted agreements that seek to ease cross-border trade in East Africa. At one time, Uganda was asked to provide passports to several Burundi rebels so they could travel easily in the region. This is this is the state of governance in Rwanda and in neighboring Uganda. Two big men with the big man complex that can't step away from from their responsibilities, because only they can lead these countries. The arrogance, the cheek. Rich countries must seize the moment and donate 20% of their vaccines to Africa. So says the ill informed Abigail Payne and Wilmot James. This appearing in the, in the Citizen Maverick. Sharing vaccine doses with Africa is not just a moral imperative, it's an act that will protect the G7's own citizens, economies, and health systems. UNICEF has proposed that G7 members donate 20% of their available vaccines, which will allow 1 billion doses to be quickly administered in nations in need, saving thousands of lives. Abigail Payne is a Columbia University research assistant and MS in bioethics student. Wilmot James is a senior research scholar at the Center for Pandemic Research, Institute for Social and Economic Research and Policy at Columbia University. That's a mouthful. Well, let me just help these two folks out. Abigail, it's not Payne, Abigail Pine there. Abigail Pine, is it Pine or Payne? Pine, Abigail Pine and Wilmot James. Let me help you out. This is utter nonsense, utter nonsense. The International Monetary Fund, the African Development Bank, and the new... Development Bank, the BRICS Bank, gave South Africa $5.6 billion in July and August of 2020 for pandemic response, including vaccinations. What has the African National Congress done in South Africa to secure a vaccine? Nothing. Cyril Ramaphosa was the chairman of the African Union for a year. What did he accomplish? Signing Africa up to the faulty, ineffective COVAX system which has failed to work with vaccine developers to get reasonably priced or reduced or free vaccine by offering test subjects, by offering resources, by offering down payments. They did none of that. They sat on the sidelines so they could lie and play their race-merchant games after the fact. It's a part-time vaccine. Vaccine part-time. It's not fair. The Global South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Racist, racist, racist. What a bunch of tripe. You had an opportunity as did every country in the world to get on the ground floor. And oh, by the way, you have a pharmaceutical industry in South Africa. Why aren't you developing your own vaccine? Where are your test programs? You have plenty of cases to do that with the pandemic. Why are you not doing something about this instead of sitting back and lying about vaccine apartheid and Abigail Pine and Wilmot James give to Africa? No, we've already given. We've given, given, given. And it's not vaccine apart, and it's not hoarding of vaccines. Lies, 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 lies. Utter nonsense. I'm sick of it. South Africa's had the resources given to it, given to it, to effectively deal with this. And beyond South Africa, we've donated vaccines to countries that refuse to take it. Zimbabwe this week announced, we won't take your vaccines. We have nowhere to restore it. We have no way to protect it, no refrigeration. We don't want it. So why in the world are you calling for people to give things to Africa? Africa's been given plenty and it's done bupkis with it. Ghana just issued $3.2 billion in euro bonds. Plenty of money to buy all the vaccine they need. They're not buying vaccine. They're all sitting back with their hands out demanding vaccine from guilt-ridden idiots that know nothing about what's happening in Africa. Last year in February... Over two dozen finance ministers from Africa gathered in audits and said, we want debt relief. You must give us debt relief. For what? For the pandemic. It's a month old. What is the impact of this? You're demanding debt relief. And then those same countries like Kenya are gorging on debt now, pouring debt on, piling it on. While we're in the process of forgiving debt from the IMF and World Bank. What a bunch of suckers. And this also appearing in the Daily Maverick carrying the water once again from Priyanka Naidu, where geopolitical power inequality and corporate greed collide vaccine apartheid is inevitable no it's not but where leftists work for the media this fraudulent lying scamming fake news nonsense is inevitable the push for a people's vaccine a people's vaccine what is this north korea beijing a people's vaccine there's no such thing as a people's vaccine this is like Healthcare is a human right. No, it's not. When you pop out of the womb, is there obstetrics unit there built by nature for you? Did we have hospitals spring up from the primordial surge of all the little autotropes drooling? No. Healthcare is something invented by humans to protect and improve their lives. It's not a right. Certainly not a human right. Fair access to sweat may be a right in a society, but it's not a human right. Good Lord. Priyanka Naidu is a candidate attorney in the Legal Resource Center's Cape Town office. I hope you make a more compelling argument than this, Priyanka. <sighs> Inevitable corporate greed. I'm sorry, Priyanka. Did you provide the $8 billion in funding that was necessary to research this nonsense and create these vaccines? Did you? What corporate greed? What is the profit derived by these companies? I have no doubt some of them are making money, but what's the profit? Simply making this false claim without data is fake media. Shocker, huh? The pandemic has reshaped the world and brought about much uncertainty, but what has been made clear is that the healthcare is undeniably a social justice issue. No, it's not. This is a scam. This has become evident as attempts to contain the pandemic are being hindered by a system of vaccine apartheid driven by wealthier countries in the global north. What a shameful race, mercantilist, bullshit narrative this is. Priyanka and I do. Come on my program. Let's have a conversation about this leftist tripe. You had every opportunity in South Africa to participate in the development of vaccines, and you still do. No one's stopping anybody from developing new vaccines right now. Why aren't they doing it? Why is everybody relying on... Mike Romeo November Alpha. Instead of another traditional one. Unbelievable. Lies, 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 lies. The money's been given. 5.6 billion dollars given to South Africa. It'll never be repaid. In August, July and August of 2020. South Africa is yet to vaccinate 650,000 of its own population. What the hell? Seriously? You people write this nonsense with a straight face? Priyanka and I, you actually write this with a straight face? You think people are that stupid to fall for this? You must. Otherwise, it wouldn't be published by a capture media outlet. Once again, the Daily Maverick proving that only occasionally does it deliver actual news. The rest of the time, like Nasper's News24, and all these other outlets, it carries the water for the inept ANC. The current system of vaccine apartheid playing out in front of us is the catastrophic moral failure the Director General of the World Health Organization had previously warned us about. And against the backdrop of the largest public health crisis in modern history, the price of this moral failure is disproportionately paid by poor countries in the global south. This is illustrated by the way that the effects of the pandemic have not shouldered equally among wealthier and lower income countries. Excuse me, excuse me. A year ago, when Africa was barely touched by this pandemic, we were told that Africa has a solution. Africa's youthful population is the reason why no Africa this, Africa this. Why isn't Africa being hit? There's no disparity here. There's a lack of resolve and urgency on the part of leaders across Africa. Cyril Ramaphosa led the African Union for a year and accomplished nothing other than running his mouth with race mercantilism, claiming vaccine apartheid. What a disgraceful race merchant that behavior is. You had the opportunity to participate in Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca's trials, Sinopharm, the Indian companies or use Aspen PharmaCare in South Africa to develop it. Instead, we have countries not prepared to take vaccine, not wanting vaccine, refusing donations of vaccine, and we're being told by arrogant leftists to donate 20%. Well, as a shareholder in one of the companies that could potentially be involved in this, I take offense, put my capital at risk, to develop something for the benefit of everybody else and you expect it to be given away to lazy people who refuse to do their basic responsibility while you sing platitudes about rights, human rights, global yada, yada, yada. It's utter nonsense. Get off your duff and and get in the game. That's what needs to happen to these lazy race merchants. South Africa has been dubbed the most unequal society, and that inequity has been exacerbated by the pandemic. The persistent failure of the South African government to adequately address our pre-existing inequalities and its inability to provide adequate social support has both immediate and long-term consequences. Once again, a leftist narrative. Provide social support. So your role in this, Priyanka, is it's the responsibility of the government of South Africa to carry society. Well the government of South Africa with no money is already providing social welfare to over half the population benefiting from welfare handouts. How much more of the population has to live in absolute abject poverty before you're satisfied? For his part Israel's prime minister Bibi Netanyahu lit a torch under Joe Biden Woo-hoo! on his way out the door in a speech in parliament in in the in in ooh incandescent Bibi let loose. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu blasts Biden on his way out of office. Outgoing Prime Minister Netanyahu on Sunday blasted Biden's policy approach to Iran in a scorched-earth final address to Parliament, comparing the U.S. return to the Iran nuclear deal to President Franklin Roosevelt's declining to bomb the train tracks to Auschwitz when he had the opportunity. In his last Knesset address as Prime Minister, a defiant Netanyahu spoke for more than half an hour, declaring that he would no longer keep his foreign policy disagreements with the Biden administration behind closed doors. The new U.S. administration requested that I save our disagreements on the Iran nuclear deal for behind closed doors and not share them publicly. I told them I won't act that way. In 1944, at the height of the Holocaust, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt refused to bomb the railway leading to the extermination camps and refused to bomb the gas chambers, which could have saved millions of our people. We hoped for others to save us. They didn't come. In the face of a threat of extermination, we were helpless, he went on. Our voice was not heard among the nations. We had neither a state or an army. But today we do have a voice. We have a state and we do have defensive power. Now Bibi Netanyahu was ousted because of the inability to form a government after elections in which his party didn't get enough and he couldn't find enough coalition partners. So Bibi Netanyahu who has been Israel's prime minister since 2009 is now just a member of the Knesset, no longer the prime minister. There you have it. In the city of Baltimore here in the United States, folks, the city of Baltimore restaurants have gotten together and told, told the city to foot sec, if you're not going to provide services, we're not going to pay taxes. Woo! It's unlike Junior Rodeo in Baltimore, folks. In Balmer and Merlin, it is unlike Junior Rodeo. What am I talking about? I'm talking about these businesses telling the city of Baltimore to crap or get off the pot. Baltimore responds after dozens of businesses threaten to stop paying taxes. Three dozen businesses in Fells Point, Baltimore, sent a letter that they won't pay tax unless the city adequately deals with a surge in crime that include a series of recent shootings earlier this month that left three dead. 37 restaurants and small businesses sent a letter to the mayor's office stating that they would stop paying local taxes and other fees until basic and essential municipal services are restored. The letter was addressed to Democratic Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott, Baltimore State Attorney Marilyn Mosby, the slime ball that allowed so much trouble to happen in that city, Democratic City Council President Nick Mosby, and Democratic City Councilman Zeke Cohen, as well as Police Commissioner Harrison. What's happening in our front yard, the chaos and lawlessness that escalated this weekend into another night of tragic, unspeakable gun violence, has been going on for far too long, the letter says. The business owners who signed the letter want the city to enforce traffic and parking laws, pick up trash, and stop the open-air drug sales and allow police to enforce laws. The trash that piles up every week drifts into the inner harbor and hurts the environment, attracts rodents, fosters disease, and stinks up the streets and damages the beauty of our wonderful waterfront community. If nothing is done, the businesses at the undersigned parties are prepared to withhold our city taxes and minor privilege and permit fees and place those funds into an escrow account, which we will not release until unless basic and essential services are restored. One of the business owners, Eric Matias, who operates the horse who came in on Saloon, sharply criticized Baltimore City officials in a Facebook post last week saying the laws only seem to apply to business owners and taxpayers. We have people illegally and openly selling booze and drugs and assaulting residents and visitors for years now in basically a public park. Police sit back and not do a damn thing because they have no leverage and it's the highest level of cowardice. Shots fired in Baltimore, folks. This is only going to get worse in America with these leftists that run our cities, destroying them. For decades, it's finally coming to a head in the age of the Manchurian cadaver, no less. France has suspended support to the Central African Republics its military support. France has suspended aid to military cooperation in the Central African Republic because of what it says is the government's failure to stop massive disinformation campaigns against France that have targeted its officials. They cut 10 million euros in budget support for its former colony and stopped direct military cooperation. A number of commitments made by the Central African authorities vis-à-vis France have not been kept, the ministry said, including halting the online campaigns that it says have sought to undermine French influence. France has nearly 300 soldiers in the country working for themselves, the European Union, and the United Nations. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the in-depth news and analysis uh, for today, the 14th of June, 2021, here on Adaba Africa News of the Day. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your support and patrons for the channel. Be sure to become a subscriber if you're not already a subscriber. We do appreciate your time and support.